Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. It's Wednesday, November 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Almost. Yes, it is Eve. It is Eve. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about Thanksgiving because of course we are. But uh, before we do that, before we dip into the full mailbag, which and before we talk about your recent trip to Dubai, which you claim had something to do with investing, uh, we're gonna talk about Signet Jewelers because uh, on Tuesday, Signet Jewelers, that stock just got punched in the mouth. Uh, it was down thirty percent. It was the worst. It was the single worst day in twenty five years. How much did they lower their guidance? Because this is the, you know, this is the diamond seller, and their third quarter sales were down a little bit, two and a half percent. Their same store sales were down five percent. That's not falling through the floor. They lowered guidance, and I have to imagine they're setting 2018 up to be a terrible year because you don't you don't see your stock drop 30 percent. Unless you're really giving yourself a haircut, yeah, it's been an anus horribilis for Signet to uh, quote an old Queen Elizabeth phrase. Bad year, bad year, terrible year, yeah, terrible year. <laughs> Starting, and I think you uh, covered this uh, a lot back when they were having all of their harassment uh, issues with Mark Light, the former, the now former CEO. Yes, gone, uh, as as you point out by calling him now former. Well done. And so, anyway, what, what this came down to is they have new management has come in and decided to uh, change the, uh, the financing and, and not finance uh, the purchases in house, but to hand that portfolio of loans uh, over to somebody else and have uh, others who are more in the business of financing these purchases do the work. And the transition has gone terribly. That is the issue. They have had a bad quarter, which in large part uh, was uh, helped along by this uh, this transition issue. And they've had, I guess, uh, what they what they've got is people coming in looking to buy an engagement ring or or jewelry. You said uh, diamonds. They they do uh, all sorts of jewelry at the number of their brands: K, Jared, Zales, Gordons. Um, a number of these things, and so people come in and they don't have the money for uh, the diamond ring they want to buy, and they now, because of the difficult transition, can't get the financing done in the moments that they expect and or or at all, and so they leave. And this is uh, part of what has contributed to the five percent same store sales decline, and it is importantly not over yet, although management. Points to improvements, and that they have sorted out a lot of the problems. The the transition goes on, and now we're in the fourth quarter, and the third quarter was not a bad time if you were going to concentrate the problems in your business because there are no big uh, uh, jewelry holidays in there. You don't have uh, Christmas, you don't have uh, Valentine's Day. 
uh, and you don't have a, a, a big wedding calendar like you do in uh, some other parts, although uh, I guess the, the uh, engagement season is, goes on anyway. Uh, but now we're getting to the fourth quarter, and that is, uh, according to some, a big retail uh, quarter. <laughs> yes, this, this is absolutely a big quarter. So, when you look at this stock, which is over the past year down 40%, they're heading into what should be a great quarter for them. Is this the time to buy this stock now that they have new management? Now that Mark Light, and by the way, the official statement from the company was that Mark Light retired because of health reasons, which I guess is a is a one way of putting the fact that he was under a cloud of a, a massive class action lawsuit uh, dealing with sexual harassment um, in in very systemic ways. But yeah, sure, we'll call it health reasons. But again, the question stands. It's the holiday season. You're being charitable. We'll call it health. We'll yeah. say the only problem is he's got terrible health. You're doing him a favor. Exactly. All right. So, Happy holidays, Mark. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're down more than 40%. Um, I guess it was going into today already down 40-ish percent and now down another 30 or, or yesterday. So. You're looking at a stock that was 150 now going in the 50s, and the issues. Let's let's uh, entertain the possibility that the entirety of the problem here is that this is a transition to financing which has not gone smoothly, and after this quarter, fourth quarter that we're now in, they won't have a great uh, Christmas season. But uh, beyond that, they'll be fine. Okay, then the stock price might be interesting. On the other side, they're still heavily mall-based. The traffic is leaving the malls. They are a little bit behind, but catching up on e-commerce. And they bought uh, somebody, uh, R2Net, I think, to help them um, set up a better e-commerce platform. And they've got a number of different uh, brands that they've got to got to do this with. So uh, they're. Uh, internet e-commerce sales were up forty some percent, I think, for the quarter, uh, but it's a very small part of the the total sales. So, you know, that's that's the bright spot. And the other bright spot might be that since this was a one fifty dollar a share stock and is now fifty some dollars, um, you know, if it if it actually meets guidance, it's trading about nine times uh, earnings. Well, you know, there aren't all that many companies. That are trading at nine times earnings right now, so you know, is it a, is it a turnaround? It's definitely a turnaround story, given new management, given given the turnaround that they need to finally achieve in this financing transition. But uh, you know, that's that's what you're looking at. Let's talk about Dubai because you were just there for an investment conference, and it was a quick turnaround. Uh, we didn't talk about it the last time you were on the show, but I, I did want to touch on it because I'm, I'm curious. Anytime you or anyone goes to an investment conference, what, what is one or two takeaways that that you're able to share? So the reason for going to this was that the Independence Fund, which is one of the three funds that we have, uh, the Motley Fool funds. Uh, about three years ago, Charlie Travers, colleague of mine who's been on this show, uh, and I were over there for a conference. And one of the companies that we saw, a company called NMC Health, which uh, owns and operates hospitals 
primarily at the time, three years ago, in the Emirates, United Arab Emirates, of which Dubai is the second largest emirate, uh, was a growing story. And in part because of an expansion in the uh, mandated health insurance that was being rolled out there, first in the Emirate uh, of Abu Dhabi, uh, and now in the Emirate of Dubai, and and the near future, um, quite likely Sharjah, which is the third largest Emirate there. And all of this uh, new mandated health insurance has led to a lot more business for the hospitals, and NMC is in the business of building and operating uh, hospitals, and uh, and so it's been, as it's turned out, in the three years since we met the company and got invested in it, uh, the stock has quadrupled. And that created a nice problem for us in that it is the third largest position now in the uh, Motley Fool Independence Fund, which can invest anywhere in the world, and yet here we've got this very large position in a company which uh, has grown to the prominence in the portfolio it has, and as I say, that's a nice problem to have, but we need to keep tabs on it, which is why I was over there. NMC Health listed on the London Exchange? Yes. Okay. Despite being an, a uh, United Arab Emirates company. So, you were there for a very short time. I think you flew out on a Saturday and you were back here on a Wednesday. Yes. And yet, somehow, I, it, it sounds like, based on uh, an email I got from you, you had a chance to take in a little culture. I did not have much time, because uh, the first day and a half of the 48 hours that I was there, I was involved in uh, an investor day for NMC Health and then a, a conference on other uh, area hospital companies, healthcare companies. Uh, but following that, I, I got to walk around Dubai a little bit. And uh, knowing, as some listeners do, what we talk about the most and what I'm indulging in right now, which is uh, coffee. Uh, I that's what I did. I spent my time going part of my time going to the, the coffee mu- coffee museum in Dubai. How big the world famous coffee museum? <laughs> How big is the museum? It's a little bit bigger than this studio. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so I would say it's roughly that we're in a studio, and uh, it's not a huge studio we're in. It's it's yeah. about. Uh, three times the size of this studio. Okay, so not not a particularly big museum. So maybe the word museum is a misnomer. Well, that's what they call it, right? And I, who am I to accuse them of of anything for that matter? But it sounds like, certainly from a marketing standpoint, come visit the coffee museum sounds better better than come visit the coffee room. Yeah, because well, it's really just one room. No, there was there were several rooms, small rooms, tiny rooms, <laughs> small apparently. rooms. Yeah, no, you could cut this this studio into two to three smaller rooms. Did you learn anything? I learned that they uh, um, also there were a couple of posters up there, uh, a couple of which uh, featured uh, facts that we go over often, which is the health benefits of coffee and uh, how many different diseases it completely cures people of. <laughs> Is it that's how I that's how I choose to remember it. Oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> hey, we're, this is going to reduce your risk of X. You look at it and go, Yeah, that'll cure me. That's how I file all coffee-related uh, information in in my brain. If you just drink enough. If you drink enough, apparently it, it cures everything. And uh, somewhere, someone is testing coffee as fuel for a bus. 
Is that right? Yes, that was not covered at the museum, at least not when I saw it, but uh, I think in London or, or England somewhere. Yes. Coffee grounds are now being used as some sort of biofuel. We're going to need someone in London, one of the dozens, to, to take a ride on one of these coffee buses and, and let us know how that goes. It'll probably cure you of any ailments. Just riding, just being near that much coffee. It's probably. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the exhaust has a, a pleasant aroma to it. If you're just, if you happen to be walking by, or it drives by you, or you're just in a convertible driving behind the coffee bus. I think we need somebody else to look into that. Right. Yeah. No, we can't. No, we can't just we fly over for that. Uh, before we dip into the full mailbag, I want to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage because if you're buying a home or you're refinancing your existing home loan. It is such a pain in the butt, and there is so much paperwork involved. And you want to be as confident as you can be that you're getting the right mortgage for you. And Rocket Mortgage can help with that. Rocket Mortgage gives you the same level of confidence that Bill Barker has when he's sipping coffee. That's how confident you're going to be with Rocket Mortgage. It's simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. And you can get started by going to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. That's rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Um, got a great email uh, from one of our listeners uh, in reference to Monday's episode where we were talking about Uber buying some cars, uh, 24,000 vehicles from Volvo. Um, uh, and I made a reference to Volvo's stock and got uh, this helpful email from Adam uh, Bengtson, whose name I'm almost certainly mispronouncing. So, Adam, I apologize for that. Uh, from Gothenburg, Sweden. Adam writes As I'm sure a lot of Swedish fools have already informed you, the publicly traded company Volvo is not the same as Volvo Cars. Let me just pause right there. Um, I, I, I love the assumption that a lot of Listeners in Sweden have already sent me this email, but actually, Adam, you're the first, and I appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, he goes on to write that in 1999, Volvo Cars was sold to Ford, and in 2010, Ford sold it to uh, Geely, which is a Chinese company. Uh, the publicly traded company AB Volvo is the world's second largest truck manufacturer. Uh, both are doing great, showing record revenues and hiring thousands of engineers in my hometown of Gothenburg, uh, which is the hometown of Volvo. Um, there are rumors of Volvo cars returning to the Swedish stock exchange, so hopefully we can soon again become shareholders of this innovative and future-looking company. Keep up the great work. I listen to every episode, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming bonus episode. So thank you again, Adam, for listening and uh, and for your optimism about the bonus episode, which is coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, did, did you pronounce? How did you pronounce the uh, city of the, the uh, listener? So it's G O T E B E R G, but there's an umlaut over the O, and I don't yeah, know. You, you could pronounce it Gothenburg. Yeah, a, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the uh, correction that you will receive from the <laughs> many listeners in Sweden. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Obligated. Sweden. I'm so sorry. Do you, how is it pronounced? Well, I don't know, oh. but I'm pretty sure you got it wrong. Well, <laughs> well we're just calling it out I'm right now. I'm not sure they have the silent E in uh, many other languages. Oh, okay. You know, for anyone who. But what would be really cool is if I were wrong, as this <laughs> happens. Uh, and speaking of getting something wrong, we 
covered the uh, I claimed that pizza was invented in New Haven during one show. We got some angry email about that. Yeah. And I think, to be fair, the legend is that it was introduced into America. In uh, it was probably in the port of New Haven. In, I don't New, know about in, that. In New Haven, yeah. Okay. That's that's that that is how New Haven sells the story of itself. Uh, is it was the first place in America to uh, produce pizza. And I, I'm going to stand by what I said during that episode, uh, which is that New Haven. Is doing a really pathetic job of promoting its alleged role in American pizza. If if New Haven is really all that and a bag of chips when it comes to American pizza, they got they need to make that the centerpiece of their campaign. Because you know what Americans love, among other things, pizza. And if New Haven were really ground zero for American pizza, I think that would boost the tourism. To New Haven, which is to say that uh, tourism would go from zero to uh, you know something above zero. I'm I'm looking at a CBS News article from a couple years back, which points out that uh, New Haven was voted the the best pizza in America. So if you would spend more time reading uh, CBS online reports, you would already be aware of this. I'm already also that voting is suspect. uh, More likely true is that the hamburger was invented in New Haven, but that's another show. (laughs) That's that's another show, and that's another batch of angry email that we're going to get. No, that's that's there's more. That's that's easier to establish. Okay, Um, we are going to be doing the bonus episode, and uh, and that is coming. And uh, I've already started getting. Uh, email from listeners regarding holiday music because we have listeners who have just started listening in the last few months, but longtime listeners know that the last two years on Market Foolery, December is holiday music month. And this is where producer Dan Boyd and I took it upon ourselves two years ago to fight back against the mediocrity of holiday music that gets played on commercial radio stations in America. I don't mind them flipping to the all-holiday format, although I think they some of them pull the trigger a little early. But to play the same 50 songs, and Dan, am I right? I mean, you and I, I think it's fair to say, I want to say it was December 1st or 2nd, because it was, it was not the first episode of December in 2015. I think it was after that, and you and I made a comment, and you immediately and heartily agreed with me that holiday music needs a massive upgrade, and we're going to do our part to help. Well, I think what had happened is you made a comment, and I agreed with you. Yeah, and then since I listened to a lot of like ska and reggae, I was like, oh wait, I know there's these all these great ska songs that I can put in here because why not? I'm always looking for opportunity to do that. Uh, and then we inadvertently started a thing. Right after that, yeah, and people a thing that I'm very proud of, by the way, I really enjoy picking the music for that, and I I love how um, we get a lot of mail about how people like it too. Yeah, and we're gonna be do- we're gonna be doing it for the third year in a row, uh, and it- it'll kick off with the with the bonus uh, episode, which will have a holiday theme to it with uh, Bill Barker, myself, and the mystery guest. Though a lot of times people ask us for lists of the music we use, we don't have one. No, I I actually do. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. If you, if you want the list, email marketfoolery at fool.com. We'll get you oh, the list. Oh, look at that. We'll get you the list. Um, the, the other guest coming in for this, he can hold his own on the holiday music topic. Oh, and we're going to talk about that, because he's, he's one of the inspirations for all of this. Absolutely. 
Yeah, as you said, he's an all star. Oh, when it comes to holidays, he's yeah. he's beyond an all star. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Fame, Rushmore, Rushmore. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Rushmore. You know what? He has he doesn't listen to this podcast probably, so he doesn't know that we're, we're, we're already. Playing he doesn't this know the pressure that's being put on him. Uh, he knows everything there is to know about holidays. <laughs> you can challenge him with any piece of trivia at all. He's like a computer. MarketFullerYFool.com. Just send us your holiday questions or suggestions for the bonus episode. Uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, we love we love Thanksgiving. What's not to love? There's a lot of food. There's football. There's uh, there's travel often involved and uh, an extended family. It's it's your number one ranked holiday, isn't it? It's my number one. It is my single favorite day of the year. It is my single favorite day of any given year. Is Thanksgiving. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, was there a question? Uh, was it about my loving Thanksgiving? No, it was it was more sort of overrated, underrated. Is there anything that you think is a little overrated about Thanksgiving? It can be food, it can be the day itself, or something that is underrated. Uh, well, it, it, if it's just food, have you already given yours? No, no. This has not been like a week long thing. No, with you? it's not. No. All right. Well, you. By the way, and I was going to say this before. Anyone for anyone who has ever listened to this podcast and. Thought to themselves, how much editing do they do on that podcast? This episode should tell you the answer to that is zero. It is zero, <laughs> slim to none. <laughs> there's, there's, I think was it you who asked me recently? In a given month, how many edits total do you think are made on Market Foolery? And I said somewhere between zero and one in a in a single month. Um, Thanksgiving food underrated, overrated. Uh, I as as highly rated as it is, I gotta believe that uh, stuffing is still underrated. I agree. I was gonna. I was absolutely gonna say that. And, and by the way, if you don't think stuffing is underrated, then you're just doing stuffing wrong, or you've yeah. had you haven't had good stuffing. Yeah, in your you're life. having stovetop stuffing or something, which is fine. Which is but perfectly fine. Not, stuffing, not the stuffing that comes like out of the turkey, right? Which is. Totally underrated. Where do you stand on the whole uh, 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 stuffing versus dressing? There are people who refer to stuffing as dressing, and I just think, no, dressing is what goes on salads. These people are crazy. Okay. <laughs> These people need to be confronted and stopped before they get any further. Do you think that there's a movement? I don't. I mean, I, I think I think there's sort of few and far. You're between. the one bringing up these people. I just say there are a few of them. Implying that there are swarms of them. I'd eat a lot more. Salad. If there is a bunch of stuffing on top of it, <laughs> exactly. Also gravy. Um, anything overrated? Cranberry sauce. Completely overrated. All cranberry sauce, or just the just sort of... the cranberry sauce that has been served to me over the years. Oh, okay. It sounds like maybe you have the opportunity to to do a little cooking on your own, find a recipe you like, and uh, and make an upgrade there. Uh, possibly. Possibly. But having suffered through the cranberry sauce that I have over the years, I don't find a need to. You know, it just doesn't appeal to me at this point. I'm I'm scarred. I think I think you would blow people in your fam family away Ooh. if all of a sudden you're just like, hey, by the way, just something different this year. I just whipped up a little cranberry orange relish with a little secret something inside, and people, first of all, they'd be stunned that you contributed absolutely anything in the way of food. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and then two, it would be like, oh, what an upgrade this is! This is so amazing. Is he dying? What's going yeah, on? What's happening? What's changed? And you overrated? Um, I'm trying to think of what. There's nothing overrated in the entirety of Thanksgiving. You're saying, given uh, your love for it, 
Um, I, I don't think they're overrated, but I, I, I love stuffing so much that for me, mashed potatoes are just not a. They're always there. They're always perfectly fine and edible, and I never really partake of them because well, I can do that plenty of other times. Yeah, stuffing could take over its own holiday. Like there can be an entire new holiday devoted to it. Isn't that what Thanksgiving is? No, there's a turkey. Really, is still many people consider the most important part. Okay, yeah, but it's a little bit of uh, you know one without the other because if you just showed up and. I don't want to put you on the spot. If I showed up <laughs> to Thanksgiving dinner and there was turkey and there was no stuffing, I, w- I would actually be like, "What? What?" And in fact, that happened one year. Violence would ensue. Not that there was no stuffing, but that there wasn't enough stuffing. Was and so, because we have we have about you know somewhere north of forty people at our Thanksgiving dinner, and I was one of the last people to go through the line, and so that we were out of stuffing, and I was, I didn't yell, I didn't, <laughs> but I was sort of like, "What? Okay, really." Did fisticuffs break out? No fisticuffs, but but just uh, hey, uh, I, I may have mentioned on more than one occasion after that, hey, here, here, uh, next year maybe let's double up on the stuffing. Is it like an annual topic that comes up? Remember that year there wasn't enough stuffing, and I oh no, <laughs> Uncle Chris is going to go off about that. No, 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 no. That's it's not like that. The bleak winter of uh, aught three, that kind of thing, when there was not enough stuffing. It might have been aught three. Come to think of it, <laughs> um, Dan. Anything you want to add in terms of overrated, underrated Thanksgiving foods? Yeah, I got a couple here. I will uh, underrate the green bean casserole as something that is completely delicious and a lot of people don't even remember to make. Can you sell me on the green bean casserole because I don't think it actually has ever shown up at my family. It's not it, I don't think it's ever been a thing in my family. So what and I hear good things about it and if you're uh, maybe the third or fourth person at the office in the past week or so when I've asked people, "Hey, what do you what what's the food you're looking forward to?" the first thing they've said is, "Oh, my family's green bean casserole." Well, it's. I think it's mostly because green beans are on on their own delicious already, and then you combine it with a ton of butter and crispy fried onions. You're you got a winner all the way through. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. I so, want to overrate uh, sweet potatoes. By the way, I don't like them. Don't see why they're there. <laughs> if I want a dessert, I'd eat dessert. I'm with you. That's true. Yeah. Uh, beyond food, I'd, I'll give you two quick ones. Uh, overrated Black Friday. It it really has become part of Thanksgiving, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, no. I think it's. I think it is. Uh, with the rise of e-commerce, uh, Black Friday has become diminished. Not that you would know that from advertising, because certainly that continues to get hammered home on television and in flyers and that sort of thing. But uh, and and email and and all of that. But yeah, it absolutely has become part of of Thanksgiving. And uh, underrated, I'm going to say the National Dog Show. Do they hold that on Thanksgiving Day? Now? They show it, uh, not the Westminster Dog Show, the okay. National Dog Show. Okay, which originates in Philadelphia and is uh, taped and then shown on Thanksgiving. This is the one that was the subject of that documentary, Best in Show, right? It, it may have been because uh, <laughs> John John Hurley, uh, best known for being Jay Peterman, uh, comes across, I think, very uh, consonant with the uh, announcer in Best of Show. So, is he, is he the announcer for the National Dog? Yes, he is. Okay. You can see him playing that role that uh, 
uh, Fred Willard, I guess, uh, yeah. portrayed in the documentary Best in Show. For anyone who has not seen Best in Show, it is among the best mockumentaries. Uh, it is right up there with Spinal Tap in my book. It is, it is such a wonderfully funny movie and, <laughs> and skewers the Westminster Dog Show in a fabulous way. Um, but that is now that's that's now part of. Do you watch that? That's like that's like, a little bit. It's a, it's a much quicker version of the Westminster Dog Show. Okay. So yeah, I think you get more dog per minute. Oh, okay. In it. As much dog per minute as there is in the Westminster Show, like each individual dog is getting more time than uh, than some can take. You know, you get all the dogs in in two hours. It's quicker. Westminster Dog Show takes two nights. So they're counter programming the football. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works because it's a family thing, right? Family holiday. Dogs yeah. are everybody shows up and roots for the breed of dog that they have to a large degree, and uh, I think it's underrated. What have you got? Um, I don't have anything outside of food. I really, <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I feel like is that the whole is that the whole uh, agenda at the the Hill family Thanksgiving? I mean, it's a big part of the agenda. Well, yeah. it's a big part of the agenda. Yeah. But you got the football. You got the you got the football. But although the, the, the football seems to have diminished simply because there's so much more of it now. There aren't there four games on now. Um, I mean, of course, they're, the Detroit Lions are playing and the Dallas Cowboys are playing because that's a federal law here in the United States of America. But I, I think there are four games. I got a question for you guys. Okay. So, out of the holiday sports mashups, mm-hmm. is football and Thanksgiving better? And I guess the other ones would be basketball on Christmas, uh, baseball on Fourth of July, and hockey on New Year's Day. So, the hockey on New Year's Day, the outdoor event. Is pretty spectacular, and that I've never been to that, but I just love the idea of that. Um, And I know it only happens every other year because that's what they do with the with the NHL. It's they're on that kind of schedule. Um, But for me, probably it's um, uh, having just made the comment about there might be too much football on Thanksgiving Day. uh, The fact that there are, I believe, five NBA games on Christmas Day that works just perfectly for me. That's that's great because I can always. Any sort of downtime on Christmas Day, I can catch a, some part of uh, a game or two. I, I think everybody is just playing catch up with the, the NFL on Thanksgiving, really. Yeah. So, I, you know, baseball on the Fourth of July preceded it, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think of baseball on the Fourth of July in, in quite the same way. Like, oh, it's Fourth of July. I should be watching baseball. It's a great thing to do uh, with your Fourth of July, but I don't feel. Uh, an obligation as part of my uh, presence in society, like uh, like I gotta I gotta watch the football games. What do you think? Uh, I'm actually as much as I love baseball and am soured on football. I think Bill is right here. Well, I mean, being a Nationals fan is great because the Nationals play at like 11 o'clock on Fourth of July because all the parades and everything that goes around in the city. But I think football is an integral part of the Thanksgiving tapestry that we've woven. If you like that metaphor. I do, and I can't think of a better way to end this episode. So we're going to wrap up there. Bill Barker from Motley Fool Asset Management, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you on Monday.